Welcome to Refuge Fellowship Online, a church without walls. I'm just so blessed to be here before you to just get into God's Word with everyone today. I hope you have your Bibles. You're going to need them today because we're going to be in God's Word. Will you please just pray with me for a second? Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much, Lord, that we can just gather together as a church, as a fellowship, as your children, and just come together and study your Word, Lord. Lord, I know these are difficult times, Lord, but you... You are a shelter, Lord. You are where we go to, Lord. You are who we cling to in these times, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray today, Lord, that as we learn more about you and your prayer that you have for each one of us, Lord, that we would just, we would learn something, Lord. But we would not just more than learn something. It would be something in our heart. You would speak to us, Lord, that we would understand more and more about who you are and who we are in you. And, Lord, we would learn just how to abide in you and how to stay close to you and how to have fellowship with you. Lord, I praise you and I thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord. Just be with us, Lord. Speak through this time, Lord. And just bless your people and keep them safe. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as most of you know, we have been studying John for the last several months. And it's been interesting as Jesus has shared so many different lessons with the disciples and us. Obviously, I believe since these are the lessons that he was sharing in his last moments, his last hours before his betrayal, before his crucifixion, these lessons must have been very important that Jesus wanted his disciples and us to understand them, to know them. Um, you know, it must have been because it, it was just hours before Jesus would leave the disciples. If we remember back to the last few weeks and John, as we've looked through these last few chapters, we remember how Jesus ex- explained, he explained he is the way, the truth, and the life. And then, as Jesus continued, he explained that there was going to be a helper. He promised that we would have a helper, an advocate, the Holy Spirit. Jesus continued to teach also the lesson that we must be in fellowship. We must abide in him. And if we will do this, if we will abide in him through the Holy Spirit, there will be fruit in our life. But then Jesus warned us. He warned us of the hatred of the world, that we will face these things. But Jesus, as he explained this and warned us, He also wanted to make sure and know that as we face all these different hardships, all these different trials, all these things that we face as being a Christian in a fallen world, that we're not alone. He encouraged us. He encouraged us to tell us about the work of the Holy Spirit and how our own sadness will be transformed into joy. Now remember, again, I just said it, but remember, these lessons that we're learning right now and that we're going to look at his prayer this afternoon... This is right before his crucifixion. He must, he obviously thought these teachings were extremely, extremely important. Now remember last week, I asked you a question. I asked you if you knew that this was your last night on earth, you had one more night with your loved ones or the people around you, what would you do? What lessons would you try to teach them? Or what would you, what would your discussion be like? What last words or testimony would you have? Or how would you pray for those that you love if you knew that was the last prayer you had? Or how would you bless them if it was the last night? Think about that question. As you think about that, what you would try to explain to them, the lessons, do you think what you would consider the most important lessons for one to learn would be the same as Jesus? Would would it align with what Jesus has been teaching? I know as I see this, and I've been reading in John chapter 14 all the way through up 17 today, I see Jesus' main focus. Main focus is that they would know Jesus. 
and that all the people around us and whatever circle we've been put in, the most important thing that Jesus is offering is that they, all these people would also come to know Jesus. As you think about what lessons you would hope to leave your loved ones, I also just think, think about this. How would you pray for them if this was your last night, your last prayer to God for your loved ones? Because that's what we're seeing here as we get back into the word in John chapter 17. Hours before the cross, Jesus is praying for himself, the disciples, and all of us. So as we get into the, back into this passage as a part two of John chapter 17, ask yourself three questions. What are Jesus's prayer requests? What is Jesus praising the Lord about? And then this question. After we read this and study this is, how should we pray? Now, grab your Bibles and make sure and write these questions down in this John chapter 17. Write them right on the index. And as we continue, meditate on these questions. Think about these questions. Again, what were Jesus' prayer request? How does Jesus praise God in the prayer? And how should I pray? Now, before we get going into part two of John chapter 17, I want to review the first part of John 17 first. So if you've got your Bibles, you're going to need them. You're going to turn back to John chapter 17. So open them up, John 17, and we're going to do a quick review. Uh, we're just going to start right here in verse 1. Look at that. We're not going to read it. Just look at it together. And we see here, Jesus has says, the hour has come. You know, I find this just amazing. Jesus knew. He was fully aware of all the events that were going on and everything that was going to take place in the next hours. Jesus knew that he was about to be betrayed. Jesus knew it was time, that his hour had come for the sins of the world to be placed upon him. Jesus knew that through this selfless act, through faith, anyone could have eternal life through Jesus' death and his resurrection. I'll say, I want to say it another way. This gift that Jesus was going to give us, and he knew what he was doing, that the gift of having one's sins forgiven, having them forgiven forever, then returning receiving eternal life, this would be made available through faith in Jesus. Jesus knew exactly what was taking place. You see this in verses 2 and 3. Look at that. You see it in verses 2 and 3? Now let's let's move on. Let's move on. To, look at verse 3. Let's read it. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one that you sent to earth. Imagine every sin you've ever committed. Every sin that you will ever commit against our holy God being placed on Jesus. This is what he was knowing that what was going to take place. But it wasn't just our sins, was it? I thought about this. Exactly how many sins, we don't know, but I can say this much. Right now, we know there's about 108 billion people, estimated, that's walked on this planet. Give or take. And this, this number, if I look it up, it... Probably 350,000 people are born each day. So imagine this. 108 billion people's sins was placed on Jesus that day on the cross as he paid the price for each and every one of them so that way, through faith, they could have eternal life and have their sins forgiven. Isn't that amazing? And just think of this. As Jesus, knowing fully what he was facing, he prayed for us. He was praying for us when only hours later... He would have 108 billion person's sins placed on him. And he's praying for you as he's thinking about this. Look at verse 5. Now, Father, bring me into glory we shared before the world began. 
Jesus, he's just continuing to pray. But isn't it just amazing? He's praying that after he's completed this work that we were just talking about, the work which he was sent to do, paying the price for each of our sins, that he would share in the glory with the Father. That was his prayer for himself, just that he would be with the Father and share the glory. Jesus' prayer is just, he wants to be with the Father. It just amazes me. Let's continue. Look at verse 6 real quick. You can see here that Jesus, he turns from praying for himself, and he begins to pray for the disciples. Look at verses 6 and 8. Jesus, look at that. Look closely at verses 6 and 8. Jesus is praying that the disciples would receive the message that he had been teaching them. Jesus has been teaching them. Look at what's the message there when you look at the verses. Jesus has been teaching them that they belong to God and that they will be kept by his word. Look again. What else do you see in the verses? The message is that Jesus was God and was sent by God. Also, you see there that Jesus is praying that they will stay strong in their faith and continue to believe this message which Jesus is bringing. Now look at verses 9 through 12. Jesus is continuing to pray, but now he's changed up a little bit. He's praying for their protection. Jesus knew. He knew that he was leaving, and he knew that the disciples would have a very difficult time as they continued the work that he's called them to do. You know, the same is true for us. As we walk and we continue the work that God has called each one of us to do, sometimes it will be difficult. And Jesus knew this, and he's praying for them. Jesus is praying to God that each of them, each of us, would be protected. Protected in the name and the power of his name. Now today, we're going to continue in verse 13. And we're going to see Jesus is going to continue to pray for the protection of the disciples and the reactions to the people in the world they were called to share the good news. Think about what I said there. He's praying because he knew as the disciples, as they preached, as they went out and ministered to the people of the world, that he knew it was going to be difficult. So let's read verses 13 through 16. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they would be filled with my joy. I had given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to this world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. These verses... You know, as I look at this, it's, it's as Jesus is telling this story. He's just talking to God. He's just letting God know what had been taking place. He's having a conversation with God. Sometimes this is how we need to pray also. Jesus is explaining the purpose of his teachings. He's explaining them so that each of us would be filled with that same joy that he has in communion with the Father. You know, think about that joy. Think of the joy that Jesus experienced when he was in abiding with God. It's an unadulterated joy, right? It's a joy that I truly believe that we will only fully understand when we are in complete communion with the Father. You know, I saw some other things in these passages. I saw that Jesus has placed each of us in this world with a real purpose. Do you see that there? Look at that. We're to be a light in this following world. We're, to, and we're, we're also we're to share the testimony of what Jesus has done in each of our lives. We are living letters or testimonies of who Jesus is. And I'll tell you, unfortunately, very often, we are the only Bibles some people will ever read. We are Christ ambassadors. You see that? We're, we're supposed to go out and we're supposed to share that message of who Jesus is. Now, I'm telling you, I promise you, as we fulfill this calling, the evil one, which it talks about right here, he'll be firing his darts at each of us. 
He'll be trying to prevent, he is trying to prevent others to come to faith in Jesus, to know the truth of what we know. When we see Jesus praying in these passages, we, we have assurance because Jesus has prayed to God that we will be kept safe as we continue in the mission that he's called us. Jesus, look at this. Jesus has prayed to the Father this protection over each of us. The last point I saw in these particular verses is that you see, we do not belong to the world. Same as Jesus. But, 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 we are to be like Jesus when he was in the world. Think about that. Are you like Jesus in this world? I don't know. I've never been mistaken for Jesus. But I tell you, I sure do look at him and look at his life and look at the examples he's given me. And that's usually my goal in every in all my reactions to this world. Let's continue. Let's look at verses 17 through 19. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Jesus' mission is to save each one of us by making each one of us pure and holy before a righteous God. Think about that. And then once each of us has accepted this gift in faith, then we're to go out into the world and we're to share this word. We're going to share the truth of what Jesus has done for the world. In faith, all can be saved. This was Jesus' mission. And it is the disciples' mission. The question I ask you today, is it your mission? You must answer yes. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a smiley face. Your mission is to go out and share the gospel so all that can be saved. Our mission is to share the gospel of hope. The gospel of hope is through faith in Jesus Christ. He is the one that saves. We, all of us, we're on a mission, right? We're on a mission from God, equipped by Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, as we do that, as we go out there, we're going to face Satan. We're going to face the evil one. This is why Jesus, right here in this in this John chapter 70, he's praying for you. He's praying for me. He's praying for the disciples. He's praying for each of our protection because he knows that we're going to face many trials, many fiery darts as we go out on mission for God. Jesus continues praying to God, offering himself as a sacrifice that paid the price of our sins on the cross. Think about this prayer. Jesus is asking that we would be made righteous in God's eyes through our sins being placed upon him. It's amazing. It was only Jesus that could offer this prayer. It was only Jesus that could offer this sacrifice. It was only him, because it was only him who had lived a sinless life that qualified himself wholly as a sacrifice before God for our sins. Look at verse 17. I want, I want to read that again. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. This is why I teach the way I do. Because it is only God's word that will change life. The word of God will always, always, I pray, I pray this, that the word of God will always be our focus at refuge. Let's continue in, in Jesus' prayer. And look, Jesus is going to take a little bit different direction in his prayer. Let's look at verses 20 through 21. I am praying not only for the disciples, but also for all who ever believe in their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you and are in me, Father, and I am in you. And this may be in us, so the world will believe you sent me. Jesus is now praying directly for each one of you. You know, as I thought about this, 
we see it here. He's praying for each one of us. But in his sovereignty and him in Jesus being God, I believe that this wasn't just a I'm praying for all of you. But this was personal. I believe Jesus saw each one of us as he prayed this prayer. Only God could do this. But I believe he, he, we know through scripture, he knew us before we were created. I believe as he prayed this prayer, he saw each one of our faces. He knew each one of us as he prayed for this. I just, I find this amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now Jesus, he's been praying before, as we read in the text, he's been praying for the disciples. Which this prayer is still for us, but now the focus in this prayer has changed. And it's really directed at each one of us personally. Now, as I saw this prayer, I really, I see two points, two main points of his prayer. You see it there? I see unity and I see salvation. So let's expand on these two subjects that Jesus is praying for each one of us. The first one we see is that Jesus is asking that we'd all be in union with each other, just as he is with God, as they are bonded together. I and them and they and us. Wow. Now, I believe that as Jesus is praying this, he he's looking forward in time. He knew, he knew about each of our personal relationship with God and each of our personal relationship with fellow brothers and sisters. He knew, he knew it would be a challenge for us. He knew we would face difficulties, but we need to be united. We need to have the same unity through the spirit, the unity of the spirit with both our creator God, with Jesus, but also with the church. In fact, let's take a minute. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. Let's, let's read all the way through 28. For you are children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all, that's everyone, all, who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ. Like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentiles, slave or free, male and female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, as we, we read this and we see this great truth, this leads us into the other prayer request I saw. The world will believe. The world will believe if we, were uni- if, if we are united with Christ, we are united with other believers, then we will be equipped to go out and share about the salvation, about the promises that we have through our faith in Jesus Christ. If the world sees unity, the good news can be shared without the world being stumbled from our own inner divisions. Amen on that? Think about that again. If the world sees unity, the good news can then be shared without someone being stumbled by our own divisions and our own bickering. Amen. Let's turn back to John chapter 17. Let's read verses 22 through 24. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you have sent me, that you have loved them as much as you love me. Verse 24. Father, I want th- I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me, because you loved me even before the world began. Jesus makes an amazing point in these scriptures. When, okay, listen closely. Whenever the focus is to glorify God, then there will be unity among us and God. Okay, second part of that. Whenever the focus is to glorify God, there will be unity in the church. Amen. The fruit, the fruit of keeping our focus on God 
are focused on Jesus is unity. And because of this, if we have unity, both within the church and with our relationship with Christ, then the world will see something different. They will come to know a oneness. They will see a unity. They could only, this is, with this, this is how we present the gospel to the world, through our unity with Christ. Jesus, he's praying for each of you. He's praying for me. He's praying that we would each have this unity, that we would experience such perfect unity that people in the world would be drawn to Jesus through our unity with one another and with Jesus. This is Jesus' desire, that we would experience this unity, that people, they would be drawn to him. He desires all to be saved. He wants all of us, everyone, to go to heaven. Let's continue. Let's look at the last few verses in 25 and 26. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I revealed them to you, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. Jesus, he closes this prayer by addressing God as righteous. Think about that. Even as he was about to be placed on the cross, Jesus' very final words in his prayer were declaring God's name. And he prays. He prays that each of us would know the same love God had for his son. I don't know about you, but as I read this, I found this just so encouraging. Think about it. Jesus is praying protection over each of us. He knew what each of us would face as we got into the world to share the gospel. And Jesus is praying to God in the power of his name. His power, that same power, the same power that's defeated sin. The same power, the same name that's defeated death forever. The same power that created everything that we know in existence around us. The same power that created life, the life that each of us have today, he's praying in that same power for each one of us for the protection. It's amazing. You know, as we read that verse 20, look back again. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe me through their message. Jesus, he's interceding for us to God. Jesus is praying for each of us to God. Now, I asked you earlier about what, to write in your Bible, to ask what are Jesus' prayer requests, and what is he praising God? I'm going to give you a list of some of the things that I pulled out in John chapter 17. I see that first thing I see is that to know God, to be faithful, to have knowledge, to be in his word, to be obedient, to be united, to know truth, to love God and others, to have joy and peace, to be protected, to be glorified in God, to be holy, and to have eternal life. These were Jesus' prayer requests and his praises for you, for each one of us, as we see in John chapter 17. We know, Jesus knows each one of us. He knows you personally. And he understands everything that you face, everything that you have to walk through as a Christian. And he knew, he knows that sometimes it's difficult. So Jesus is praying for you. He's praying to the Father for you. He's praying that each of us, every one of us would receive these blessings that I just named off. As we look at these, I ask you this week, have you received these blessings for God? How are you doing this week? I'll tell you. I've had what I call, many of you maybe know, I'm from Nevada. And so I, I have a poker term. It's called double down. And I've had to double down on all the things this week that keep me abiding in Christ. It's been a hard week for me. It's been a hard week for me to love others, those around me, as Jesus has loved me. And the only, what I have to do when I have these difficulties, when I'm struggling, is i got to double down. 
It's been hard. The power cuts. The surges. We've had power surges lately. Fried a bunch of electronics. We've had bugs. We've had mosquitoes. The heat is unbearable. I am soaking wet, drenched. The humidity. Not being able to go out. We're stuck here. I'm tired of this lockdown. I'm tired of seeing my loved ones hurting with different rashes, with different discontentment. They would like to go out too. It hurts me to see them here in this place right now. It hurts me to see them with the different sicknesses they're facing. I can't take them to the doctors they need to go to. Some of them have the rashes. I can't get the right medicine because we can't find the places because it's hard to get out. It's hard for my kids not to see their friends. It's hard for me not to see my friends. You know what? It's hard not being in fellowship in person in person with each one of you. It's difficult. It's hard. It's hard, been hard for my family. It's been hard for me. This in these times is where each of us, each of us, I challenge you, double down, draw closer to God, read your Bible, be in prayer, be in fellowship if it's through Zoom, if it's through a phone call, it's through text, get in fellowship with other believers. Double down on your efforts to be abiding in Christ. This is how we're going to get through these difficult times. I'll tell you, I've had to ask myself many times this week, and I'm asking you, are you loving the people around you as Christ has loved you? Are you loving the people outside of your house, your neighbors? as Christ has loved you? Are you loving those in the body, in the fellowship, in the church, as Jesus has loved you? Are we extending the same grace, the same mercy to those around us that Jesus has given each one of us? I'm not perfect, not even close. Having been, having came close to this. But I know this is what Jesus has called me. And I know he's prayed that I would have the ability to do this. But i got to double down. i got to spend time with Jesus. Now today I want to look at, as we close, I want to look at 1 John. This is what we've been studying on Tuesday, and I want to look at some verses. So open up your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. We're going to look at two verses. 1 John chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 16 and verse 18. I'm going to read them. We know what real love is, because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us be, let us show the truth by our action. These passages are very, very clear. There's no misinterpretation of how we're to apply these scriptures to life. We are to love others as Jesus loved us. We are to lay, Jesus laid down his life so each of us could have life. Jesus gave himself as a sacrifice. He enabled us through faith to have eternal life in heaven. He just gave us an amazing gift by laying down his own life. It's so clear in these verses. It says we are to follow this example, giving up our lives as Christ did. Now, I'll tell you, I believe this is a symbolic meeting that each of us would put others before ourselves. This is a heart, a heart of self-sacrifice that each of us would put away our, our worldly and fleshly desires. That we would love others in a selfless way. To love them no matter what they're doing to us, what they've done to us, no matter what their reaction would be, that we would lay down our pride and our own self-interest and love others as Christ has loved us. So that through this love, through our love for each other, the world would see this. And they would see this love, and this love would draw them to Jesus. I'll tell you, I, I haven't been doing a great job of this lately. It's been hard. But reading this chapter in John chapter 17 and studying Tuesdays on 1 John, it's encouraged me. It reminds me of who I am to be as a Christian, who we are to be as a Christian. And if we're struggling, we need to double down. 
We need to be more intentional about living our lives out this way. We need to be more intentional about loving as Christ loved so others would see that. We need to be more intentional about being united with Christ, to be united in fellowship with other believers. Because through this, through this unity, many people will see it and be drawn to ask questions. Who is this Jesus? What is this love that I see in your life? Look back to 1 John again. I'm going to read that again, verse 18. Dear children... Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Walk this out this week. Equip yourself with the Holy Spirit because, you know what, I can't do this. Nobody can do this. We're not capable. But through abiding in Christ, through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ praying for us, we are capable to love as Christ did. We're, we are capable to lay our own desires and our own passions down and love others as Christ loved. I've been reading a book lately. It's uh, by Warren Worsby. It's called 50 People Every Christian Should Know. And I want to read you this quote from there. You have been asked to take notice of the sayings of dying men. This is mine. That a life spent in the service of God and communion with Him is the most pleasant life anyone can live in this world. I love that quote. There's another question I asked. We haven't answered it yet. I asked each of you when we started, how should we each pray? I ask you to write that in your Bible, in John 17. The answer is in John 17. We should pray to the Father as Jesus prayed. Amen. I miss you all. Please stay in God's Word. Stay in fellowship. Double down if you need to. You, you know, if you used to read 15 minutes a day before in your study time, and you're still having time, double it up. Read 30 minutes. we got time today, I'm sure, because of this lockdown. Spend time with God. Be in unity with God. And it's amazing absolutely amazing through that you will be able to love the people around you even in your own house as christ has loved you amen Alyssa's going to close us today in prayer and you know what i didn't forget happy mother's day to all you mothers so husbands what a special opportunity today love your wife as christ has loved you amen god bless you guys i miss you Alyssa, if you please pray for us i appreciate it thank you dear heavenly father i just i thank you so much for this beautiful sunday and um, just the time to fellowship together online and we just thank you for each and every mom out there to that uh, just for the gift they are and the gift they are to their kids and that they would just feel celebrated today we thank you for the message that we heard and what we learned and that you continue to uh, just impress it upon our hearts so we meditate on the scriptures that we read and we just draw near to you jesus we thank you for your sacrifice that you have given us um, that you died upon the cross for each and every one of us. And as we learn more about prayer and more about communion with you, that we would just be able to put that into practice this week. So we ask for protection for each and every one of us and that you would give us wisdom and strength in your name. Amen.